it's Steph Curry with the shot. Ben cooking with the sauce. Chef Curry with the pot, boy. Live from the 301. Live from the pot. I want to welcome my audience to episode number 167 of Curry in the Pot. I'm your host, I'm your guy, Mike Curry. I'm back with another episode, man. Honestly, as I sit here today, I've had a rough week. I've had a rough week in, in my world of sports. Let me just say that. Like, when I, when I think about everything that took place this week, we had... The Lakers go down in game five. Well, basically, they went down in games four, five, and six all this week. And we're going to talk about it. Um, Coach K retired. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about that. You guys know I'm a big Duke fan. So we're going we're gonna to talk about it. Um, It's been a rough rough week man if you follow me on ig you already know i've been posting the will smith pain <laughs> little meme i've been posting that all week but bro bro it was really rough man i got into an, an argument uh with a good friend of mine uh <laughs> it, it was a lot bro it was it was a lot man this, this is all sports related man so Let's go ahead and hop into it, man. I'm going to recap the first round. Obviously, there's still one more game left in the first round, which is going to be a pivotal game seven between the Dallas Mavericks and the Clippers. But let's let's go in and let's talk about the entirety of the first round. I'm going to start with the Los Angeles Lakers, man, because that's the that's the big news. That's the, the Lakers had a big face, LeBron James, the face of the league. And... He made history once again, but in this in this way, not 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 good history. Um, he is now fourteen and one in the first round after losing to the Phoenix Suns. And let, let's go let's let's go unpack this. Let's go unpack this entire entire series because I've been hearing a lot of things, you know, on the mainstream media and just from different people. In general, like around my age and demographic, and not people I necessarily know, but just, just, just people in general, man, have, have had a lot to say, and just people on Twitter, you know, trolls and what have you. It's, it's been crazy. It's been crazy, man. Um, let me just say, you know how, like, you know, something's over. Well, that's how I felt when I watched Game Six. Not, not completely, but. They really lost the game in the first quarter. They really lost the game in the first quarter. I think the final score at the end of the first quarter was 33 to 14. And Devin Booker was going bananas. Um, I like Devin Booker a lot, man. He's, he's a Kobe kid. He's a Kobe Bryant disciple. You can see it in his game. He looked up to Kobe. Obviously, I was a mentor of his. He wears Kobe's. He, he got that Kobe you know, mentality and got that, like, a lot of Kobe in his game. And... It just wasn't happening. And then they started think they started to click a little bit for the Lakers mid-second quarter. But, you know, there was a couple of questionable flagrants that I don't think could have been flagrants. And I hate to blame the refs because it sucks. But when you're trying to come back into a game and the refs still aren't on your side, bro, it's, it's, it's kind of rough, man. Or, you know, refs aren't neutral. You know what I'm saying? You, there was some bad calls, but I don't I don't want to blame officiating at all. I mean, they got they got their ass smacked. They got they got what they got what they deserve, bro. You want to come out in the first quarter like that? Okay, you deserve to lose. You you don't deserve to win. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they ended up losing the game by 14, but obviously, if you watch the game, it was never that close. I mean, they did cut it to single digits at one point, but like I said, man, 
I don't think the officiating was, I don't think it was great, but I, I, I can't blame officiating because they got down bad, you know, in the first quarter and they were trailing by as many as like 21. So you can't, I'm not about to say that's the sole reason they lost. They lost to a better team at, at the point of where we were at in the series. Um, obviously, no Anthony Davis. He tried to give it a go. But let's impact the the, 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 the the switching narrative. Let's also talk about the Lakers, man, and this quick turnaround they had. And it, it was going to be extremely tough, especially with the injuries and the health problems they had. So, Lakers lose game one. People are like, oh, my God, it's the end of the world. It's the, oh, my God. They lost game one. They haven't looked like a championship team. Lose game one. Okay, cool. You know, it's usually a feel-out game for LeBron. Maybe you could say the basketball gods eventually started to humble LeBron. We in a feel-out game. But game two, they come back Anthony Davis, 34. Game three, they win Anthony Davis, 34 points. So my original prediction, I honestly, I'm not even going to cap to y'all. I said Lakers in five. And I was, I was assuming everybody was going to be healthy. But... The way it was looking, that series, at that point in the time, when the Lakers are up 2-1, I was like, okay, it's going to go 6. Game 4 happens. The Lakers are they, they're about double digits at one point. Um, LeBron's catching alley-oops off the backboard. He's dunking. Ankle looking good. Um, But then, but then what happens is Anthony Davis gets hurt right before halftime. And I'm like, oh, no. And he doesn't return for the rest of the game. I'm like, oh, no. The Suns come out. They start whacking the Lakers. They give up by like as many as 18. Chris Paul is talking. Uh, but the Lakers even cut it to eight in that game. They had a chance to like really, really close it. Uh, Dennis Schroeder really closed the gap. Dennis Schroeder misses a layup. Uh, it's just tough. It's just tough. They end up losing game four. Game five, they get absolutely blown out. Game six, it was looking like a repeated game five, but they ended up closing the gap a little bit. But like I said, man, they lost to the better team at the time. You know, Anthony Davis, you know, obviously got hurt in game four and didn't play game five. Tried to give it a go in game six, but it's a groin injury. Um, those that's a real injury. We remember in 2018 season when LeBron first joined the Lakers, he had a groin issue. He had a groin issue and he was out for like a month, and when he came back, he still wasn't right. Uh, Chase Young, defensive end, Washington football team, his rookie year, he heard his groin. He missed two games, and he was still lacking, you know, some of that explosiveness, like the you know the following week and the week after that. Those groins bother you, and it's a, it's a different real injury. You know what I'm saying? It's it's, it's not no 72 hour. Oh, I'm good injury. Like no, it's not. It's it's a groin injury. It's not good. Uh, you know. You can't really move laterally. And we saw it in the game. And he, even though his groin was bothering him, he still like um, was able to get a great contest on Chris Paul, was able to get a great contest on Devin Booker at the rim. But, you know, it's not that type of injury that you can just come back from in a matter of a couple of days. You need a couple of weeks at minimum. And it's tough, bro. It's tough, but the Lakers have that crutch. You know, they were never fully healthy. They had the quickest turnaround in NBA history. Let's think about this in context. So the Lakers and the Heat, basically, they had a 71-day offseason. That's not a real offseason. The season usually ends in June. We get training camp in September. 
and we get some preseason. So we they, they usually get about three months. So they usually get like at least ninety days. <laughs> if you're some teams, you get a hundred plus days. You know, but when I look at the teams that were in the conference finals, they're missing some guns. They the Nuggets. Jamal Murray gets hurt. Um, he you can they can say quick turnaround as well. Uh, they probably lost maybe a week, maybe maybe a week week and a half earlier. Um, they didn't have a long off season. Uh, Jalen Brown, he went out with the wrist surgery. Um, the Heat, they were never they they had health issues too. Uh, people don't remember. I mean, obviously it doesn't really justify getting swept, but they had some issues too, man. Jimmy Butler missed a lot of time with COVID protocols. Drosic was in and out of the lineup. Um, these guys were were not. They didn't play. They. The chemistry just wasn't quite there. The timing wasn't right there. They didn't have a lot of games under their belt. And it's tough, bro. It's tough, man. The Lakers were implementing some new pieces. Dennis Schroeder, Montrez Harrell, Andre Drummond. I'm not trying to make excuses, but I just want to say you got to look at it in context. And I've already acknowledged that they lost to the better team. At that point, when Anthony Davis went out, the Suns were the better team in the series. That I can't deny what my eyes showed me, you know. But... It happens, man. Um, what do I think? What's next for the Lakers? I think they have to they have to make a move, and I don't think the Lakers are gonna just sit pat. Rob Palenka quietly has been like a really, really good GM. He made the Anthony Davis trade, um, made a lateral move to acquire Dennis Schroeder. You know, it's 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 um they have to make some moves. LeBron James can't be the best player anymore. I mean, he can still be good, but he can't. Like, they have to bring in a young gun, man. I like to see, like, a Zach Levine. Uh, we know we always talk about Bradley Beal to the Lakers. I don't I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, Damian Lillard, I don't know. Because um, the Lakers don't have a ton of assets. That's that's, a, that's an issue right there, assets. But um, they have to retool. And I'm confident that Rob Palenka can pull stuff off because I didn't think he would pull off Stuff they did pull off. So, um, we will have a new NBA champion. The Heat and the Lakers, both teams that made the finals, were eliminated. So, let's just see, man. I, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, bro. The, the, the rest of the West, at least the West, is not going to be as fun for me personally to watch. I just, Especially if the Clippers lose. Like, I need some drama. I need some entertainment. But... Uh, we we got the Jazz that advance. We got the we got the um we got who else advance, bro? We got the Suns that advance, obviously. We got the Nuggets that advance. So we're just waiting to see what's gonna happen with Clippers and Mavericks, and we'll see. But let's talk about let's 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 continue to recap the rest of the first round. So the Nuggets beat the Portland Trailblazers in six, and. I gotta give the Nuggets some credit, bro. I thought, I thought, I thought they were gonna lose this series. To be quite honest with you, a uh, game five, they were able to withstand uh, basically an instant classic of a performance from Damian Lillard, uh, who scored fifty five points. And oh my goodness, he had some shots. He had some shots, and some shots that were just absolutely ridiculous. And then, and then we had um. And then in game six, we had Michael Porter Jr. starting the game off like five for five from three or something wild like that, bro. And 
Jokic got in foul trouble early, but we we saw we saw them weather the storm, man. And it's unfortunate for the Trailblazers, man. I look at Damian Lillard, man, as is is one of the top ten players in the in the NBA. Uh, I think Jokic is right in there too. But time and time again, we've seen Damian Lillard go out of the playoffs, and it's sad. It's it's really sad, and like it's <laughs> it's really sad, bro. And I don't know, man. They fired their head coach, Terry Stotts. I mean, I think he's a good X's and O's guy, but he's probably not the best motivator. I mean, that's the only coach Damian Lillard's ever had. And I'm not saying the man can't coach because they got to the conference finals a couple of years ago. But it's just it's just not working. It's just not working with this current group, this current core, and this current crop of teammates. It's not working. Uh, they traded for Norman Powell. Like he was the missing piece. Me and B. Jones talk about this all the time. The move they made for Norman Powell, you would think uh, that's a move like the Lakers or the uh, Bucks or somebody make or the Nets make. I said, oh, Norman Powell, missing piece. Boom. No. You still got pieces. You still need more pieces. And your bench is weak. You got Ennis Cantor coming out of the bench, who I like, but he's he's an um he's a liability on defense. Carmelo Anthony, who I love, all time great player, he's up there in age. He just had a birthday. I think he just turned like 37, 38. He's a liability on defense, too. If he's not giving you 15 points off the bench when he's giving you like eight, which happened in the overtime game, um, in game five, he's not he's not very good, bro. And then you got, I guess, Anthony Simons, who's probably the other good bench player. Like, their bench is just not good, not deep enough. Uh, you got teams with the Clippers whose bench is way deeper. And other teams, man, it's just it's not a good unit. Um, like I said, Terry Stotts, I guess. I'm not really going to say he deserved to get fired, but his time was, was, was just up. His time was just up. So that's my that's how I feel. That's how I feel about the Portland Trailblazers, man. They, they, I, either Dame got to get out of there or they got to shake some things up. CJ McCollum has to go. We'll see, man. We just have to see. But moving on, let's talk about this Jazz Grizzlies series, man. The games, see, the series was short, but the games were actually, like, really, really competitive. Like, I know the scores don't really indicate how good the games were, but, like, the Jazz would get up by, like, 16 or 18, and the Grizzlies would come back, man. They'll they're, they're cut it to single digits, cut it to, like, eight, cut it to six, and then the Jazz would just go on a run where they hit a barrage of threes and the game's over. But for Memphis... I like what I've saw from them, man, because it, it showed me that okay, I'm gonna see the Grizzlies down down the road in the playoffs, making playoffs, you know, year in and year out. I'm gonna need the NBA to I'm gonna need the NBA to start marketing John Morant the same way they're marketing Zion because Zion hasn't even sniffed a play-in tournament since he's been in the league, and the Pelicans had a good team. You can argue on paper the Pelicans team is better. They have guys who have been All Stars. Grizzlies do not. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think John Morant will be an all-star, but the Grizzlies do not. You know what I'm saying? So the way I'm looking at it is I want the NBA to start respecting John Morant and giving him the the publicity that he deserves, man, because we're witnessing a star. Like I said, man, I looked at John Moran, man. He, he just got something to his game. You know, he got that obvious in that Westbrook to him. It's just something to the guy. You know what I'm saying? I wish I could see what I'm doing. He just, he just bro, he just moved different. So I, I really like his game, man. 
Uh, he's going to be a star, man. But the Utah Jazz move on. Uh, this team was the number one seed in the Western Conference. I don't really expect nothing less. They, they ended up taking care of business. Taking care of business. And they're a completely different team with Donovan Mitchell is out there, man. So, shouts out to the Jazz for moving on to the next round. And they're going to get... They're gonna get the winner of this matchup. The winner of this um this um Mavs Clippers matchup. So we'll see how that goes. We'll see how that goes. Moving on to Well, I guess I gotta talk about Clippers and, and uh, Mavericks. This series has been highly entertaining. You guys know me. I like to keep my biases aside, but I do not like the Clippers. But what's better for the NBA is to see the Clippers move on to the next round. But if they do happen to lose this series, they, they get what they got what they deserve. They got what they deserve. They ducked the Lakers. They tanked the last two games to Oklahoma City and Houston. And they probably weren't even going to get the Lakers because Portland was still winning their games. So, excuse me. They're probably going to get Portland or something like that. But... This is what they deserve if they lose. But Kawhi Leonard was absolutely spectacular last night. He had 45 points, which forced the game seven back was against the wall. I knew he had the ball. I knew somebody had to step up. And it was Kawhi Leonard, man. You know, he said he was the new king of L.A. He had commercials and stuff like that with New Balance. All right. We'll prove it. Put up or shut up because you guys had a meltdown last year in the second round. And you guys could potentially lose in game seven of the first round. So, highly entertaining series. Uh, Luka Dantes, I know I know we like to pump the brakes on who's a superstar. He's a bona fide superstar, and it's not close. It, it, he's a freaking superstar, bro. And I like I like what Max Kellerman said the other day. He's the most valuable young asset. He's the most valuable young asset right now. He's the most, like, you as far as, like, if you could get a certain package for a guy, you can get a package for Luka Doncic, man. He's a 22-year-old absolute bona fide star, superstar, I'm sorry. God was a star last year, but what he's doing, taking it to the Clippers is absolutely spectacular. And another thing, before I hop over to the Eastern Conference, I gotta go back and talk about the Lakers real quick, real quick. This wasn't a normal matchup. This wasn't a normal, typical first-round matchup, bro. This was a matchup we, we you know, no, and under normal circumstances, the like the Suns were always the two seed and, and the Lakers were the three seed, so they probably would have met in the second round at, at least. You know what I'm saying? But for them to meet in the first round, that was just crazy. That was just crazy. But let's move on, man. Let's talk about the Eastern Conference. Then I'm going to talk about uh, Brad Stevens not being the coach anymore. He's going to be president of basketball operations. He's in. Danny Ainge is out. He's he's out of there. Let's get right into it. So, where do I want to go first? The Philadelphia 76ers defeated the Wizards. Um, but at what cost? Joel and B went down in the series. Wizards ended up winning game five, avoiding the sweep. And yeah, they lost. They lost in um, I'm sorry, game four, avoiding the sweep, and they lost game five in Philly. My bad. But at what cost, man? Joel Embiid is out. And that's that's been the story of Joel Embiid's career, similar to Anthony Davis. But Joel Embiid, 
Um, he's had a, he's had a series of issues, man. He has a partially torn meniscus. I don't know the extent. I've never had a torn meniscus, so I can't you know really relate. But it's been the story of his career, man. Now they got the Hawks. They got a Hawks team. They're going to play the Hawks in the, in the second round. But I'm going to talk about the Hawks and Knicks in a second. But yeah, man, I just don't know. But the, the Sixers, they took care of business defeating the Wizards. For me, I just felt like, you know, the, the Wizards were, they, they obviously weren't the better team. They had talent, though, obviously. But Scott Brooks um, failed again as coach. Just failed to make adjustments, bro. It, it really hurt. Daniel Gaffer didn't get the start until game four, which is a little puzzling. I, I don't want to talk about the Wizards for real, but it's more so about the Sixers who move on and they advance to second round. Let's talk about the Hawks. Let's talk about the, the Sixers' opponent in the second round, man. I gotta give I gotta give them credit. And I wanna give a lot of credit to Nate McMillan because he took over pretty much midseason for Lloyd Pierce, who was fired, and he pretty much wasn't liked by the Hawks players. And you gotta go when that happens. But I gotta give a lot of credit to Trey Young because I'm not I'm not I'm gonna be blatantly honest with you guys. I'm not a fan of Trey Young's game. I think he he has the tendency to play for the whistle too many times, but I, I mean I guess you can say that's that's part of today's NBA. But I will not ignore the fact that he's very creative, he's very crafty, and he's just a bucket, bro. He's just a bucket. Guy took a bow in MSG, man. Guy took a bow, guy guy, guy stepped up, man. Um, for the Knicks, on the Knicks side of things, Julius Randle, I don't, I love you, man, but I don't know what happened. I don't know. Um, I don't know if the moment was too big. Obviously, it wasn't too big for Derrick Rose. And Julius Randle's about to hit free agency. I don't know what's going to happen, bro, but um, I think the Knicks, they just had a good story, man. They were able to, you know, sort of revitalize the, 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 New, York, the New York Knicks, man. They... Weren't expected to make the playoffs. I didn't think they were going to make the playoffs, but you know, they ended up having a great season. So I guess it, it counts for something, bro. They went from a laughing start to, oh, this team could possibly win a playoff series. Um, unfortunately, that didn't happen. But got to give credit to the Atlanta Hawks, man. Nate McMillan, Trey Young, John Collins, Clint Capella, DeAndre Hunter, Kevin Herter, all those guys. Um, Bogdanovich. They got a nice team, man. They got a nice team. Man. I thought they were... Maybe a year away, but no, they could potentially go to the Eastern Conference Finals. Bucks Heat, I'm not going to waste too much time talking about it. Um, this, this isn't about the Heat. This is more so about the Bucks. Although they lost Dante DiVincenzo at a portion of, at a point in this round, I think game three. But I like what the Bucks did, man. I like what the Bucks did. They added P.J. Tucker. They added some toughness with him. They added Bobby Porter, some toughness with him. And he, he can get a bucket off the bench, too. Um, Brent Forbes has been shooting the lights out, absolute lights out. Um, they signed him over from the Spurs. He, he had free agency. God, guy's cash. Bro, I knew he was cash, but God damn, we're in a team like this, bro. Rose getting all the open looks he can imagine. Like, Brent Forbes has been cash. Um, I like this Bucks team. Drew Holiday, obviously. Gives you a, another ball handler, another playmaker, another shot creator, a very, very underrated playmaker, too. Drew Holland, and he's one of the best defenders in the, in the NBA in general. He's a top five defensive player, probably, I say maybe even the best perimeter player, probably, nah, I'm going to just say he's the best 
perimeter defender in the league. Kawhi Leonard's up there, obviously. But yeah, man, that's a dynamic that they didn't have, especially um, another guy who can get his own shot. It was just Chris Middleton. All Giannis can do is pretty much go down the, go down the lane, Euro step, and you know, kind of occasionally get you a bucket here and there. But he has to be on to do that. So they get another guy who can help and who can create. I think that's been a difference, man. The toughness that they added with Bobby Portis and P.J. Tucker and the ability that Drew Holiday possesses. So, I love it. I love it. Let's talk about... Let's talk about um, the Brooklyn Nets and the Boston Celtics. Obviously, no one expected this series to last a long time. It lasted longer than I thought it would. I thought it was going to be a sweep. Excuse me, but... The Brooklyn Nets come out on top, and they're going to get the Bucks in the second round, and I'm really, really excited to talk about that series. I'm not going to give you guys a prediction because I really don't know, but um, the Nets, man, the Nets, they, they, they're finally starting to click. I do think they're going to have to make some adjustments against the Bucks in the next round. Have to start DeAndre Jordan because Blake Griffin at center is just not going to work. When you got a guy like Giannis, who's probably going to have his 30 and 15, regardless of what you do in the series. But they still have Kevin Durant. They still have, <laughs> I was going to say Clay Thompson. They have Kevin Durant. They have James Harden. They have Kyrie Irving. They have a three-headed snake. And basically, the, those guys are an offensive juggernaut. So I'm excited to see what's going to take place in the next round. But before I get to the second round, and just talk about that for a little bit. I want to talk about Brad Stevens. Um, Brad Stevens fell forward, man. This guy's not a head, not head coach of the Celtics anymore. He's now president of basketball operations. And Danny Ainge has stepped down. He's out. He's out. So the Boston Celtics are now in search of a new head coach. We'll see how that goes, man. We'll see how that goes. This is going to tell me a lot about how Brad Stevens felt about the roster because now he's in charge of getting people out. So this is going to show me, are they going to go? Are they going to try to switch things up? Uh, maybe move off of Jalen Brown or maybe move off of Kimball Walker. It's going to show me how he feels about this team. And we'll see. But very rare circumstances where you see a guy go from coach to President of basketball operations, making that cheddar, making them, making more money. <laughs> you know, it's it's crazy. I don't want to bring up white privilege, but I, I think I think that's part of it. But that doesn't happen often. I'm gonna just say that. I'm gonna just say that. And I'm gonna just leave it there. Let's move on. Let's talk second round, man. So we got a couple of things already set in stone. We got we got the Nuggets and the Suns set. We got. The Jazz are waiting on the Clippers. Clipper series. We got. Excuse me. We got um Nets Bucks obviously, and we got Hawks and Sixers. Those are the ones that are set, and the Jazz will obviously play the winner of either the Mavericks or the Clippers. So. Bucks Nets, a lot of experts and stuff are picking up Bucks, and I don't see a problem with this. I don't see a problem with this because 
if there's anybody that can match up with this team, it's them. Obviously, the Bucks won the two games in the regular season, but James Harden didn't appear in any of them. So they haven't played the big three. But they match up really, really well, at least on paper. And they match up really well, you know, from what I saw, they matched up well with Kyrie and KD. Uh, Kyrie was on Ramadan, like one of them games. But we'll, we'll have to see, bro. We'll have to see. I think the winner. I don't have. I don't have a prediction. I really just want to see how how it unfolds. But I think the winner is going to win this series in like seven games. I truly believe that. I truly believe that, man. Because I think Giannis is going to be dominant. Um, it's just. I, I think it's going to depend on the Bucks supporting cast and how they defend and start the big three. And for the big three, I think it's going to be. Will they outscore these guys, man? And they're going to have to. They're going to have to. They got their work cut out for them. So. That's going to be a good one. A Hawk Sixers, it's pretty much contingent on the health of Joel Embiid and will him return to action? Because I don't know. I have no idea of when he's going to return. But like I said, that's been the story of his career. So we don't, we don't necessarily know. We don't necessarily know. Um, what else? What else? Um, Suns and Nuggets. I don't. That's an interesting series. I don't even know the season series, but I'm just gonna say the Suns. I think they'll have. I think they'll be able to. I mean, they beat the Lakers, bro. They should be able to. No, nah, I'm not gonna say dominate. I, I'm gonna say Suns and six. Let me say that. And then we'll see. But I think that's uh, a Sixers and Hawks um, series is a toss up series. So I can't even make a prediction on it. But I feel like the Clippers probably get to the next round. But <clears throat> I wouldn't be surprised they don't. So I don't know. Let's move on to reason number freaking, I don't know, four. <laughs> Why I had a rough week, man. So this week, we saw a legend. A, a legend said he's going to retire after the end of the, uh, this next season. Um, and I kinda, I'm not I'm not going to say I saw it coming, but I'm not surprised. Not surprised because North Carolina's Roy Williams recently retired. And Coach K is a, a few years older than him. So I kind of figured like, all right, this time is up. But let's get into the accolades real quick. Coach K, Mike Krzyzewski, has 1,170 career wins. Five national championships, 12 final fours. 15 ACC tournament and 12 ACC regular season titles. Six gold medals. Six gold medals for the the USA teams. And the list goes on, man. But when you think of Duke, you think of Mike Krzyzewski, man. And Mike Krzyzewski has been the coach ever since March 16th, 1980. That's a long time, bro. To put it into perspective, I always like to do this when I'm comparing, like, how long certain stuff has been. But my dad was, my dad was 16 years old when Mike Krzyzewski became the coach. Like, bro, that's a long time. Uh, that's a long time, man. That's a long time, bro. So he was a coach for 41 years. 41 years. That's ridiculous, man. That's remarkable. But... The legacy that Coach K is going to leave, man, it's it's amazing, bro, because the impact that he had on the game of basketball is, is second to none. Like, he's had, I'm not going to say he's, gonna, he's had the biggest impact ever, but 
he's had as far as coaching he's had you know one of the greatest impacts on the game of basketball of all time i mean you look at what he did to duke you know obviously duke's a hated school but you know all the players that he recruited and coached i'm not even going to get into all the players but just just being a, a model of excellence and a model of consistency as well um you look at those usa teams you just look at just everything, man, has pretty much been done world class. And it's just been done with class, man. And I'm sad because, bro, he he's created a, such a legacy, bro. Such a legacy that will... It's, it's crazy, man. I, <laughs> it's crazy, bro. And... Looks like who's going to succeed him is John Shire, who played for Duke a number of years ago. Uh, he's going to succeed him. And he's been on Coach K's coaching staff for about, I think this will be a ninth year. So uh, I think, you know, I, I like it when assistants get get the job. Um, I think Hubert Davis, he got the job. Uh, he got Roy Williams' job. And John Shire gets the job as well, man. It's been a crazy week in sports. In general, like even Naomi Osaka, man, uh, I don't. She had to withdraw. The first of all, the top three seeds in the French Open withdrew, and she withdrew because of her mental health. And I'm not mad. I'm not mad at her for protecting her mental health. I'm not mad at that, man. But I, I think mental health is something that needs to be taken more serious. Um, I know she got fined. Obviously, it's not a, a lot of money, but it's the principle. She got fined because she didn't want to speak to the media. And she was going through some stuff for her mental health, man. She talked about how uh, she pretty much has anxiety. She doesn't really like to talk in front of the media and large crowds uh, to begin with. She's a shy person. And it's tough, man. But I support her. I definitely support her because French Open, they're just, they're just mad, bro. They're just upset, man. And <laughs> that's all man they but they gotta understand and respect be able to respect um mental health man the respect that people have mental health issues bro and everybody don't want to talk to the media all the time even serena williams said it the other night she was like that's nothing to really talk about y'all not even asking not really asking like great questions and stuff like that like bro everybody don't want to talk to the media all the time bro they, they don't bro they don't and they really don't um so that's that. I feel like I didn't get to talk about Julio Jones because, well, actually, here's the story. I had an episode cooked up and ready to go for you guys last weekend. Um, my guy B. Jones, co-producer, um, I'll send it to him. He'll add the background. He'll add the effect on live from the 301 live from the pot and boom. But um, B. Jones, sorry to put you on the spot, B. Jones, but it's all love. You know it's all love, but um, he, he, um, he actually forgot to, he, he actually edited the episode, but he forgot to send it back. But sports happens so damn drastically, bro, that I was like, well, I'm gonna just wait till I get some free time to really dive in and really record and really talk because it's no point. It's no point. Cause it, everything changed so fast in the NBA playoff. So that's why I'm here now. Uh, excuse me for the outside noise outside, but that's why I'm here now. And I want to talk lastly about Julio Jones, talk about NFL, man. So 
it's probably about a week and a half ago, Julio Jones uh, was called by Shannon Sharp while Shannon, Shannon Sharp was on um, Undisputed. They were live. And he asked him, you know, you want to go to the Cowboys? You want to go to... He's like, you, you stand with Atlanta. Julio Jones said, I'm out of there. So I want to talk about the where he could potentially end up, man. I'm, I'm, I'm going to just go ahead and do... I'm going to do... I'm going to talk about the best landing spots, I think, for Julio Jones, man. I think, number one, in my opinion, the best landing spot would be the Baltimore Ravens. Here's a team that has been lacking wide receiver help for quite some time now. Um, obviously, they since you know made strides to improve that. They drafted Rashad Bateman. They also picked up Sammy Watkins in the off in the off season. You also still have Mark Andrews, still have Hollywood Brown, but Julio Jones, I feel like, will put their offense over the top, man. Especially if Lamar Jackson can be able to get him the ball. Uh, Julio Jones has the most. He averages the most yards per game in his career at 95.5, and that's the most uh, that's the most average by uh, an NFL receiver ever. Um, I think Julio Jones is one of the all-time great players, uh, all-time great wide receivers, especially in this generation. You know, you know, I would say like he's up there with like Antonio Brown, Larry Fitzgerald, like even though Calvin Johnson in there, man. Um, you know, before that, there's obviously the era of Randy Moss and T.O. and Ocho Cinco, guys like that. But I'm talking about like this, you know, current crop. It's been it's been Julio, A.B., and uh, Calvin Johnson and Larry Fitzgerald, those guys. Um, but, yeah, man, I think the Ravens would be a good landing spot. Uh, second, I would say uh, I've seen the Seahawks have some interest. So I think that would be a nice fit. Give Russell Wilson another weapon. Um the best weapon he's ever had, honestly, um, and he'll be paired with who? Um, he'll be paired with DK as well as Tyler Lockett. So I think that's a, a formidable um, wide receiving group, probably the best wide receiving group in the league. So, uh, seen. Um, I think the Chargers will be a good landing spot, man. Uh, Keenan Allen's there, but Keenan Allen never really had a consistent guy paired alongside him. So I think that would help. A young QB and Justin Herbert. I think that would be a good fit, man. Also, the rich could get richer and the Chiefs. Um, the Rams, that would be a nice fit as well. Um, you get Matthew Stafford, the best wide receiver he's ever had since Calvin Johnson. And we know what type of music they used to make and how great they used to be. Um, the team was just never good. <laughs> but, yeah, man. That is that is it, man. I think I, I, I've covered enough. I've covered enough. So I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank everybody for the continued love and support. I'm your host, I'm your guy, Mike Curry, and I am signing out. Episode number 167 is done. Uh, thank everybody for the uh, continued love and support, man. Thanks for being patient. I appreciate it. I'm out, man. Peace.